Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Apologies for the delay in getting this episode out to you this week. There's been some stuff going on in the background that I'm super excited to announce to you. Before we start, I wanted to announce that I have joined a podcast network that I believe will help this podcast reach new heights. That's Not Canon is a place for independent podcasters to find the support and community to create independent content. I'm happy to join a team that allows me to continue my creative journey and grow this podcast into something that I continue to be proud of each and every day. In addition to joining That's Not Canon Productions, I've also switched podcasting hosts. Nothing in terms of the upload schedule will change except for the delay that occurred this week. The new hosting provider will allow me to access ads that will inevitably lead to higher quality equipment, which will in turn enhance the quality of the show that I provide to you. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the episode for the week. Situated in the far northwest corner of Montana, Libby was once home to one of the world's largest vermiculite mining operations, supplying as much as 80% of the world with this mineral that provided great insulation and farming. However, at the time, no one knew of this true damage that they were doing to their bodies mining this mineral. Now, in a town that is home to roughly 2,700 people, at least 1 in 10 suffers from an asbestos-related illness and continue to die. This week, we are discussing one of the worst man-made disasters to happen here in the United States, the Libby, Montana Asbestos Disaster. The area in which Libby, Montana would officially be settled was extremely important to many different Native American tribes to include the Kootenai Indians, who hunted and used the spiritual power the lands seemingly possessed. The Libby area held another special attractions for Native Americans of all tribes. A certain location up Pipe Creek contained soft, multicolored stone which they used in carving the bowls for their tobacco pipes, which they smoked in ceremonies. The Pipe Creek Quarry was regarded as the best quarry in the Kootenai Territory containing stones of several different colors including red, yellow, black, green, gray, or banded, which is how Pipe Creek got its name. As explorers journeyed westward, many would rely on the native Kootenai tribe to aid in their navigation. By the early 1800s, mobile infrastructure in the form of warehouses would begin to pop up, moving frequently. The area of Montana in which Libby resides has always been an important region for mining to include gold quartz, silver, lead, and zinc. In the 1860s, prospectors from all over flocked to the area after word of gold had spread, with as many as 600 men mining. Activity increased during the summer of 1867 when a group of prospectors started placking along Libby Creek. Their success attracted as many as 500 to 600 men to the camp by September. Fortunes varied, however, with some making as much as $1.25 per pan, while others only washed two cents per pan. Most men left for the winter, and those who stayed helped dig a ditch to bring water to some claims. 
While the camp increased again the following summer, the boom was brief and it was virtually deserted by the 1870s. The railroad once again brought renewed interest in the area, resulting in the founding of Libby, Montana by 1892. The town itself is actually split into two areas due to confusion by the original settlers. Early building took place where land had actually been surveyed and granted to the Great Northern Railroad to build. The town grew quickly in the 1900s with many new businesses opening. The first cement sidewalks were built, streets were graded, and electric lights and water systems were installed. In 1906, however, a disastrous fire swept through downtown Libby, destroying many of the original buildings. As 1910 rolled around, the city of Libby, Montana faced another challenge in its early infancy. In 1910, another disastrous fire swept through the region, destroying much of it that it came in contact with. The summer of 1910 experienced an unusually dry period that led to a massive fire that spread across the countryside of Montana. During this period, the United States Forest Service was nearly brand new and did not have the manpower that it has today and having only been around since 1879. At this point, during the summer, wildfires were already burning in several other portions of Idaho and western Montana. In August, strong southwest winds flamed the many small fires and turned them into raging infernos, merging small blazes into larger ones that swept through the country with unbelievable speed. Calls for help were relayed by telegraph and thousands of firefighters. The fires burned hot and fast, overtaking the forests quickly. As the fires grew closer, the width of these were measured at nearly 50 miles wide. Towns such as Sylvanite were decimated and burned to the ground. Citizens of Libby manned fire lines and dug fire breaks to ensure the fires couldn't jump and spread throughout the city, saving Libby. These fires were so bad that blackened tree stumps can still be seen in the areas of the Kootenai Forest today as reminders of the 1910 fire. As a result of the devastation of those summer's fires, Congress authorized the first national fire protection system for the nation's forests in 1911. As we move into the next portion of the episode, you're going to discover quickly that profit chasing is what would ultimately lead to the deaths of hundreds over the portion of time that this mine was open. This wasn't about discovering a new mineral that could potentially revolutionize construction materials around the world. Sheer greed that would ultimately lead to the disastrous conclusion that we will listen to at the end of this episode. Ed Alley is credited with discovering the mineral of vermiculite. While exploring, Ed noticed that the mineral he came into contact with wasn't something he had encountered before. While attempting to get a sample of this new material, he stuck his mining candle into the wall of the mine and noticed that the mineral swelled with heat, turning a golden color. In 1919, E.N. Alley bought the Rainy Creek Claims and started the Zonalite Company. While others thought the material was useless, he experimented with it and discovered it had good insulating qualities. Through his marketing skills, it became a product used in insulation, plaster, and to lighten garden soil. Many people used vermiculite products for insulation in their houses in Libby and in their gardens. The mine would produce nearly 80% of the world's vermiculite and would be utilized in many different formats such as insulation, construction materials, and even in farming. At the time this mineral was being mined, it wasn't known that vermiculite and asbestos form alongside each other, potentially releasing toxic materials into the air during the mining process. Once the mine was purchased by the W.R. Grace Company in 1963, the company was aware of the contaminated vermiculite and continued to let the mine operate without instituting any additional protective measures for the workers. By this point, asbestos was being manufactured and added into all different forms of construction materials to include paint for siding, insulation, vinyl floor tiles, window caulk, you name it, it was most likely used between the 1940s up until the 1970s. This just happens to be the prime time of when the W.R. Grace Company was operating this vermiculite mine. Libby Vermiculite 
known commercially as Zonalite, was used in a variety of construction materials, including insulation for homes and buildings. Decades of mining exposed workers and residents of Libby and Troy, a nearby town, to toxic asbestos dust. When W.R. Grace and company took over operations of the mines in 1963, it knew the vermiculite was contaminated with asbestos and that it caused health complications. The company didn't warn anyone about the asbestos exposure and mining continued until 1990. Following the year of 1990 is when health complications began to arise, beginning first with a series of news articles released by the Seattle Post-Intelligencer. Journalist Andrew Schneider is credited with releasing the article that documented the poisoning of Libby. I'm going to read you an excerpt from the portion of Andrew's interviews with PBS. I had dealt with W.R. Grace in the past on other stories, like the leukemia clusters in Woburn, Massachusetts, and I knew that the court decision on Woburn required the company to establish a repository of documents that were open to any researchers. So, we went into W.R. Grace's repository and found an enormous number of pieces of paper that dealt with Libby. The documents were about what W.R. Grace knew and about the marketing of Zonalite. That gave us a good foundation to work up a second story on the fact that Grace knew how dangerous the mine in Libby was. But we still didn't know the scope of it. We figured that maybe there were 95 or 100 people from Libby whom W.R. Grace had identified who had died from asbestos-related diseases. But that just doesn't make sense because Libby has a fairly mobile community. When the jobs go, people go. People that worked at the mill and the mines moved on. In reality, it is estimated that nearly 700 people have died as a result of asbestos-related illnesses. For those unfamiliar, asbestos primarily affects the respiratory system of the body, possessing the ability to cause lung cancer, asbestosis, mesothelioma, cancer of the gastrointestinal tract, kidney and throat, scarring of lung lining, and pleural effusions or fluid collecting around the lungs. These health complications can lead to undue suffering, diminished lung capacity, and ultimately early death in those suffering. The fact that W.R. Grace continued to allow workers to work in the mines with no personal protective equipment is sheer neglect on the company's part. As you heard, W.R. Grace has been at the center of other such reports. In Woburn, Massachusetts, it was discovered in May 1979 that barrels with industrial fluid containing trichloroethylene and perchloroethylene had been leaking into the Abergiona River. Tests confirmed high concentrations of both organic compounds and two public drinking wells. This was the beginning of the community activism and official investigations regarding cancer and environmental hazards in Woburn. By May 1980, 12 cases of childhood leukemia were confirmed in East Woburn, where the population had been drinking from the two wells. Beginning in 2000, the Environmental Protection Agency began its investigation and subsequent removal operations to help rid Libby of the asbestos from the environment. In 2009, the EPA officially declared a public health emergency, the first time in the agency's history. The EPA has also reported that asbestos levels in Libby are now 100,000 times lower than when the mine was still in operation. In December 2014, the EPA completed a rigorous scientific review of toxicity values and finalized a risk assessment a year later. The final risk assessment confirmed that the EPA's indoor and outdoor cleanups have effectively managed risk from exposure to asbestos. As of November 2018, the EPA had completed cleanup of over 2,600 properties located within Libby and Troy and had investigated over 7,600 properties within the Superfund site. This means that the EPA has removed more than 1 million cubic yards of contaminated soil, 
Cleanup is complete at all schools and parks, residential and commercial areas, the form of vermiculite processing plants and other contaminated areas. The EPA has safely removed well over 1 million cubic yards of asbestos-contaminated waste from major source areas and structures. Contaminated soils are disposed of at the former vermiculite mine, and contaminated construction materials have also been placed in a specially designed landfill cell. While normally I would tell you that the community rebounded from this disaster and is flourishing, for Libby, Montana, that is not the case. Those who lived in Libby during this period continue to suffer from asbestos-related illnesses, and many continue to die from the exposure as a sheer result of negligence. As I said before, I will continue to say, man-made disasters most commonly begin with negligence and ignorance. It's sad that companies continue to chase profits all the while their workforce continue to suffer. Thank you for listening to the episode this week. Once again, I want to apologize for the delay, and this week you're going to have two episodes available to you. I am in the middle of a host transfer that will allow me to partner with my network to obtain ads and in turn build a higher quality podcast for you, the audience. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Destination Period Disaster and on Twitter at Dest, that is D-E-S-T, Disaster, D-I-S-A-S-T-E-R. Thank you once again for listening this week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.